This is the remix. Uh, you know what? I've, I've got a contract for next year. I want to be back. I'm excited about the potential of this team. Uh, the process at the end of the season is obviously everybody gets evaluated. Uh, that started yesterday. We spent the whole day in exit meetings with players, and then I'm scheduled to meet with Kelly and George uh, this week. So uh, that's all I've got on that. The groins aren't very good usually. Got a good old-fashioned ass kicking tonight. Things got testy. Daddy had a breakaway. Just crushed my dreams. Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're gonna write fucking every time. No, so it doesn't matter what you say. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. You want to know what I'm strangely obsessed with? Cooking videos on Facebook. Cooking videos? I'm cooking. not on Facebook, so what does that mean? People are cooking their, fi- yeah, their food? Yeah, they just make little videos of them cooking whatever. I'm strangely obsessed with it. that and, like, construction videos. I do not understand. I have no desire to do any manual labor, but if you pop up on my screen, on my Facebook feed, where it's like, here's a video of somebody welding this cool thing together, I'm watching it for, like, five minutes. Okay, so... I have recently fallen down a similar rabbit hole where I watch people take like old rusty like things and they're just like, I'm going to make this brand new. But there's like no music, no talking. It's just a guy literally like, I'm going to take this, like the t- takes the screw out, sandblast some stuff. And I'm just like, this is really peaceful. Right. And I really enjoy this. It is. It's like calming just watching. <laughs> People okay. make stuff. I don't understand it because I have no desire to do it. I mean, I have a desire to do it, but that's just because I, I, I'm weird. Well, I have the desire to. We watch, and probably shouldn't admit this as much as we do, but we watch HGTV where different shows go in, buy houses, and just completely make them over. Like, I have a desire to do all that, and I can't do one thing. <laughs> I could, I mean, laying floors, breaking stuff down, destroying stuff, but I want to see the finished product. Because it's just, when they say before and after, it's just fascinating what these designers can do, and especially the construction guys who do it. So I watched that, but I couldn't I tell you one thing I could do that they do, except, like, maybe carry the hammer and then hand it to somebody. the hammer. And then hand it to somebody. You could hold the flashlight. Yes, I, as they're doing the work. I can't remember what show did a joke where they're like, we're going to blow out all the walls on the lower deck, and we're going to make this all kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know. I'm just. I was watching a cooking video on Facebook during the break and almost didn't. Is it? Was it one ready. of those ones where it's just like, like the ingredients just sort of kind of appear and they just sort of. No, the do guy that they... keeps coming up on my feed is this Asian chef, and I'm fascinated with how good he is at cutting things with his knife. He will take a chicken breast, hold his hand on top of it, and then he will cut a tiny little like sliver, sliver of off it. the bottom. And then he has all these little tiny, skinny pieces of chicken that he then fries with a whole bunch of other crap. And it's, <laughs> it's, but I'm, I'm obsessed with how he cuts this chicken because I'm like, there is zero chance I could do that. How well, sharp is his knife? Yeah, his knife his has got to be very super sharp. Right, sharp. It's very sharp. It's, it's incredible. See, and this that, is what we have to tell people we do in the break. You do that. And I was very uh, worried about the charmed ladies uh, up here who lost their powers. Yes. Yeah. And let, let's take people behind the scenes of yeah, so what we do during we the breaks. Our TV in here is on TNT most mornings now because the NBA playoffs are on TNT. And charmed during our show is on TNT for, I think, all three hours. 
and we are lucky enough to have subtitles on, so we know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, we, we, kinda... we got we got what's going on here. There is a demon who is pretending <laughs> to be a human that is uh, in a relationship with one of the witches, one of the uh, main Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was gonna kill her, but then he had second thoughts because he might like her. He did and, have the knife ready. Yeah, he was ready to stab her um, while they were making out, but uh, they lost their powers because they were arguing and they were trying to figure out how they just lost their powers over an argument. So. It's good. Charmed They'll get their powers subtitle. back. Charmed, the best part about it is you can tell how like cheesy it is more when there's no sound. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. it comes Just through the characters how, yeah, Just the how characters cheesy it. it is with no sound. A lot of disappearing but, people. There right. was a guy that had a mustache, but it was as shaved close as you possibly could, but it was the only hair on his face, and it... The director must have gone, okay, that's a great look. Now, crazy eyes. Uh, Okay. (laughs) On the Golden Knights, I do have a question for you. Pete DeBoer yesterday admitted that he lied about Robin Leonard's injury status. Kind of. Kind of. Said he shouldn't have. Like, the the word health was not a good uh, word for him to use. Healthy was not a good word for him to use. When I used the word healthy, that was the wrong word to use, and that was on me. So here's my question for you. Well, I'm going to preface it here. We have seen since the beginning of this team a reluctance to give legitimate injury updates. Yes. They do not From the do beginning. it, right? They they give as little information as possible. They're not the only hockey team that does it, but they certainly take it to an extreme. Moore is the second coach in Golden Knights history, right? When he was, when it was Gerard Gallant, they were in the same situation. So when Pete DeBoer says something like that was on me, that he used the wrong phrase when Rob, because again, the, the timeline here is that Robin Leonard was described as healthy by Pete DeBoer. And like two days later, Robin Leonard decided to have season ending ending surgery. surgery. So obviously he wasn't healthy there. Should we be critical of Pete DeBoer for effectively lying about Robin Leonard's health? Or is this a George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon organization wide that we should be more critical? of? Well, they would tell you that's not true. Uh, (laughs) But I think from the beginning, I think from the beginning, the message was sent down from upstairs is we don't talk about injuries. We right. never speak of it. It's upper body. It's lower body. That's as far as we're going to go. We don't tell these guys anything. Uh, so I think it's just more a byproduct of how the organization wants things. But again, as the Leonard stuff played out and we finally figured out or finally um, knew that Robin was going to have the surgery and he found out before they even admitted it, I think Pete realized, okay, I have to come back on that. I, I, he had to have realized. It. Hey, you said this guy was healthy yeah, two days he's later. He's having season six injury. That. He's probably like, well, I probably shouldn't have said that. So the part that I find interesting about, and it's happened to Robin Leonard a few times now, the Golden Knights' reluctance to tell the truth about injuries has put them in awkward situations three or four times now in the last 15 months or so. If you go back to last season, remember, Robin Leonard missed, like, what was it, a month? Was it two months? And we ultimately found that it was concussion-related, right? That he had to clear concussion protocol and, and hadn't done that. But the Golden Knights did not say what Robin Leonard's issue was. Leonard had to say it when he finally came right. back and talked to the media. The Golden Knights did not say what his issue was. 
And what that meant was Robin Leonard was out for a month or something like that. And there were no clear updates on what was wrong with Robin Leonard. And it led to people online questioning Robin Leonard's mental health, mental health. questioning if Robin Leonard was mentally capable of playing right. in the NHL. And when Robin Leonard came back, because he's been very open about right, that, he addressed that and how it did not, he did not like it, how it was right. like, I've got people questioning my mental health. I, I'm out with a concussion. Like that was his issue. If the golden Knights from the beginning had said, Robin Leonard has a concussion, not a single person would have actually been like, well, is it mental health? It'd be like, oh, right. he's got a past concussion protocol and he hasn't done it yet. That happened last year. And then this year, we had the Frank Saravalli reports about his shoulder and about his knee and the Golden Knights wouldn't say anything. And Robin Leonard, had he came out and tweeted about, or he said in a press conference about Dr. Shelley and all this. But like, if the Golden Knights just come out and say, Here's, you know, he's got a shoulder injury, he's got a knee injury. We never have these reports about Frank Saravalli because there's no need to dig up injury information if the team's giving it out and giving it out truthfully. So we've got Robin Leonard fighting with a reporter about what his actual injury history is. And then we have the end of this season situation where the head coach says a guy's healthy and he ends up having season ending surgery or wanted to have season ending surgery. Two days later, multiple times now, if they had just simply been honest about a player's injury, they wouldn't have looked bad. They wouldn't have I put just their think player or their complete, head coach in I a bad spot. I just think they're completely paranoid at the top. I really do. I think it's complete paranoia at the top. One, I don't think they like media. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> I don't think they like media. Well, I know one guy doesn't like media. Well, maybe two. Uh, so I think from the top that they are paranoid about these injuries. They don't want And this is the... You just reiterated the problems you run into when right. you're not truthful. Right. The, you run into these di- problems instead of just saying, and here's the thing. You say he's got a knee injury. It's reported the next day he has a knee injury. No one talks about it until he's back. You know, or like, hey, how's his knee doing? Or, yeah. you know, w- when do you think he's coming back? Yeah. Um, you know, yesterday, Kelly McCrimmon went as far as he's ever going to go saying, you know, um, I'm not worried about most of the injuries. We had broken bones, you know, things are going to heal. You break your arm, that's going to heal. I don't, I'm not saying anyone broke their arm, but that's going to heal. Um, he said a back, meaning stone, is a little more, you know, uh, difficult because a lot of things could be wrong with the back, and that's not as manageable as you just break a bone and it's going to heal. Um, that's as far as I've heard him usually go on injuries, and yeah. maybe because it was the end of the year and they have four months off and no one, you know, they're not playing any games <laughs> where guys can take runs at guys or whatever. Or whatever they're afraid of. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. When you try to figure out the logic. logic behind it, why they're so terrified to give out any sort of injury update, it usually comes back to, well, you don't want to give your opponent that information right. because they you might take, he's take, a, take shot a run at, at his knee. There's two problems with that. One, a lot of times we find out what the guy's injury is, or we can tell what it is because you physically see the guy get hurt and you can see, oh, he's right. holding his wrist or whatever. As he, yeah, so as he left the ice. A lot of times we in the media figure it out, and I'm sure the other teams know what injury a guy is dealing with. But the other part of that sort of, hey, we don't want other teams to know, I feel like the criticism and the problems they've run into not giving away injuries has been a bigger negative than any positive they've ever gotten out of, you know, hiding out of not saying anything. Right. 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 For Robin Leonard to be questioned on Twitter, not by the media, but questioned by fans. Is this guy sitting out because his mental health is bad for him to be questioned about that 
when he's out with a concussion, to me, is absurd, right? right? Like, that's a bigger negative than any sort of advantage you gain from, uh uh-oh, they might try to slash Max Pacioretty's wrist if they know his wrist hurts. Like, that's a bigger deal than any sort of slight run an opponent might take on a guy because they know exactly what part of his body might be in pain. And also, they probably already know what part of his body's in pain because they figure these things out. Happens all the time. So... I'm just, again, I think they'd better off with, and they don't have to tell the full truth. They don't have to be like, Robin Leonard has this exact shoulder injury and whatever. Spell out, like, but at least a, hey, yeah, he's got a concussion. Hey, he's got a shoulder injury. He's not 100% or whatever. I think they'd be in a much better spot if there was at least a level of truth behind what the Golden Knights. But we said that since when they... And we hadn't covered hockey on a, on a regular basis. That was the most bizarre thing to most of us, this upper and lower body injury. Because every other sport just tells you what it is. Yeah. We knew what Gary Payton Jr. had during the game yesterday. During the game. It was tweeted, okay, this is what he had. He might have already had the x-rays. They knew right away. Yeah. We knew during the game what he had. Yes. Uh, um, weekly football lists yep. come out, right? Weekly injury reports. Hey, Tom Brady, questionable calf. I mean, you know, questionable I mean, shoulder for 10 years yeah, with the exactly. Patriots. The Suns just got fined because they didn't give an honest injury update yeah. on Devin, on Devin Booker. Booker. Right? So, like, the other leagues are like, listen, you're going to publicly state yeah, what you injuries have. and the, you know, probable, questionable, whatever the, the game time uh, decisions are. The NHL doesn't have that. The NHL just lets their teams basically freelance on injuries and... It's just, hey, that guy is hurt and he's not going to be able to play. And that's all we find out, even though the rest of the leagues do it. And there's uh, no. That issue. guy's hurt and he's fine. He will be the backup. <laughs> he's healthy. <laughs> all right. Coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. We only have Ash today. Ash, I have. Hi, Ash. I don't know hey, if it's guys. a good thing or not. We'll find no, out. It's a, that's, yeah, no, that's great. Okay. I, the I, music. I, I don't know. I'm loving the music. Yeah. I mean, it's getting me ready for Cinco de Mayo, guys. There you go. Oh, God, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow. It is. Didn't even realize that. I, I have an important question for you that for the last like week or so, I've seen a bunch of videos from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard uh, uh-huh. court case. And. Pretty much all I've seen is people making fun of Amber Heard's lawyers for like at one point he objected for hearsay on a question he asked or whatever. <laughs> yeah. How much of what I'm seeing is like legitimate, like Amber Heard's lawyers are getting crushed versus that's just a few snippets that might be embarrassing. But is that going to have actual no bearing on how that case turns out? From what I've seen, I mean, the the most notable snippet I've seen is the one you mentioned where the lawyer objected to his own question. And of course, that's just <laughs> silly. You don't do that. Um, but look, this is a long trial. It is complicated. There are a lot of nuanced issues and he's human and he made a mistake. And I don't think it's going to have a bearing on the outcome of how the jury decides the, the issues at play. So look, I mean, it is real life theater and think about it we get in we get on the radio every day and we make mistakes we say something silly we misspeak we mispronounce a word we forget a word and 
no one really pays attention. It's not repeated on the internet over and over and over again. So that's what's happening. It's just human. Boy, talk about unrealistic. We've been watching Charmed in the studio. <laughs> we've got witches up here. We've got demons. We've got warlocks. It's not good. <laughs> you guys. All right. Uh, question for you on the Brittany Griner situation. WNBA player who has been in Russia. She was arrested because she had a vape. At the airport, that is illegal in Russia, and they have had her for, I believe, we're up to two months now. But a recent update is that the U.S. government has now classified Brittany Griner as wrongfully detained in Russia. Can you walk us through what you know about what that means to change her to now wrongfully detained and why exactly the United States government would just now make that determination? Yeah, so the reason the State Department um, or the government, U.S. government made the new classification, I, no, we don't know. We don't know what information was processed, received, or et cetera, transferred in this determination. But what effectively happens now is um, this case gets shifted and put in charge by the State Department, and they will now attempt to negotiate her release from Russian custody, whereas before we were just kind of, our government was just watching it and letting it play out. But now they're going to take a more active role and try and get her released. Okay, so what what are the odds they can? I mean, they're, they're going on May 19th. Uh, what would you think the odds that this designation means anything in Russia? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's a great question. Apparently last week we actually swapped prisoners. Um, so <laughs> there is a chance. Uh, Russia sent one of our former U.S. Marine vets who was sentenced in 2020 um, by a, 20, a Russian court. Um, and in exchange, we released a Russian citizen who was um, convicted in 2011 for a 20-year prison sentence. So, look, I mean, there is precedent of it recently, so that's a positive sign. Um, but there are other American citizens who are being allegedly wrongfully detained, waiting for also having being released. So, who knows if she gets bumped up in front of the line? Is so. So the way you sort of phrase that with swapping prisoners. Like is it simply a negotiation? Like, we'll yeah. give you something. It doesn't have to be, I guess, a prisoner, but we'll give you something if you release Brittany Griner back to us? Yeah, it's just a negotiation. Because clearly they're doing this for some reason. And that's why I read that the WNBA players were told, don't make a big deal about this because then it looks like we care. And and if the more we care, <laughs> the more valuable she is. And so the more likely the Russian uh, government's going to be and interested in holding her hostage. And so that's why they've kind of downplayed this. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's just a negotiation. What do you want and what can we give you within reason to get our citizen back? Uh, next story, a lot to unpack of my former Dodger, Trevor Bauer. Is this uh, a, is this a press box transition? This guys? is, well, this press is a serious transition, transition from Britain to here. Um, a third woman has come forward and accused Trevor Bauer of crossing the line during sex, claiming the pitcher choked her unconscious and slapped her in the face without consent. 2013, 14, we know Bauer is now serving a two year ban for violating the league's domestic violence and sexual assault policy. The woman claims they spoke with the league investigators during his 10-month-long probe. Okay, so now a third woman has come through with similar charges. The first one, uh, officials in California opted not to file charges. 
What if it's found out Bauer uh, is intimidating women not to come forward or to dropping these charges? How, how much trouble is to, does that put him in? And again, how hard would that be to prove it's he said, she said, and unless there's some kind of evidence that he has uh, in terms of intimidated them? Yeah, so that would definitely be a new charge. It would be either a harassment or a coercion or witness tampering, et cetera. And that's definitely not okay, but you're right. They These women would need evidence. So like text message screenshots showing that he's sending message saying, if you come forward, I will do X, Y, and Z to you. I will sue you and I will require you to get legal counsel that will cost you an arm and a leg, you know, things like that. They will need evidence, but it, it's very easy to come by these days. But this is, this is look at when the the punishment came out, everyone was up in arms. Or you know, there's two sides to every story. We're seeing that with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp play out in court. And so my position on this, and I think Sam would agree, is look, these are allegations. We take them seriously, but we let them proceed through our justice system. So. I- I mean, just a real quick question. Whenever it is a case of he said, she said, but the person, the the accusations seem to line up and the you keep getting more and more people with the exact same story, As does that any sort of like weight to... To the accusations, I'm, I'm basically I'm thinking of Bill Cosby, where it's just like the the number just was like, all right, well, 31. That's okay. Wow, 50. Or Deshaun yeah, Watson. Or Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah, that's another. It's like the exact same accusation. Yeah, of course. Where there's smoke, there's that's the adage. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And of course, in the public perception, if everyone's lining up with the same story. Our gut is to think, wow, this this can't be too coincidental. It, it is too coincidental to be just that. Um, but also, let's remember, you know, it's easy for someone to hear something and go, yeah, I had the same exact thing happen to me. Um, so it, that's why I just I urge everyone to be very cautious and just take the word of people as that they're allegations. And that's a serious thing. And it let it play out through a justice system. And but if you're a person and Trevor Dower, Trevor Bauer wants to take you on a date, like, <laughs> I don't know, take all of those things into account. But don't assume that he's absolutely guilty of all of this stuff. All right. Last story for you. There was a body found in a barrel in Lake Mead. <laughs> they found a second one. They found a they second did. one. Oh, yeah. my God. OK, so the first one, according to Channel 8 here, they think this is from the 1980s, four decades ago. Um, what what exactly happens here? A, a body is found in a barrel. It might be 40 years old. Like, how much work actually goes into identifying this body and then ultimately solving the case of how this body ended up in a barrel in Lake Mead? Oh, a lot's going to go into it. The coroner's office is going to evaluate the body and everything around it to try and determine an identity of the victim of who this is and then they're also going to go through all of these cold cases or missing cases um 
that they have on record in that time period and try and match things up. And so, yeah, there's a lot of effort and investigation that's going to go on. I've read that they're contacting UNLV to try and do some forensic investigation on timing of when this really happened and how and uh, how it was decomposing, et cetera. So I anticipate a lot of uh, time, energy, and effort going into this. So as our uh, lawyer, if we needed to get rid of a body, obviously we're not going to put it in a lake. Not like that, Mead right now, Yeah, guys. like, I mean, it's the middle of a, it's a lake <laughs> in the middle of the desert in the middle of a drought. But where would you recommend? <laughs> I, <laughs> talk to me off air. <laughs> okay. How, that means she has an how, answer. <laughs> how, what's the crime uh, if you were caught trying to go, like, fish out a barrel with a body in it from Lake Mead. Not if you not if you put the body in the barrel, but if it was just like, uh-oh, they might find these, and you go try to find one and take it out of Lake Mead so you can hide it somewhere else. Are you wanting to go fish out a <laughs> just, barrel? I'm just well, asking I mean, hypothetical questions. It, it, he's more likely to catch that than fish in Lake Mead. Hypothetically, I don't recommend anyone goes fishing for barrels in the bottom of Lake Mead right now. <laughs> okay, all right. If that's the uh, the official advice of Sam and Ash Law, we'll we'll have to take it. It is SamandAshLaw dot com seven zero two eight two zero one two three four. Ash, we appreciate it. This Thanks, morning. Ash. Oh, Great stuff. I love you guys. Thanks. Always fun. Great stuff. <laughs> So, SamandAshLaw.com, 702 put that out there. I'm just saying, if you if you were responsible <laughs> for a body in a barrel and you knew it was in Lake Mead and you did it 40 years ago, aren't you being like, uh-oh, I got to go get this thing well, out? Yeah, now. the statute of limitations would be up, so you would just be like, I don't know. I was just, uh, I was just Is trying to... Is there statute of limitations murder? That's a good question. I... No, yeah, because he's saying the guy who actually did it. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying Whoever if, you, did it. if you killed somebody and you dumped their body in Lake Mead 40 years ago, I would say someone know, else and somebody so, else's barrel body got found this week. Are you not in some way or shape being like, I better go get mine out of there? I mean, I guess, but it'd be kind of hard. There's probably a lot of barrels down there. Yeah. Like you find the wrong back. one, you'd be like, oh, we hit the wrong one. It's Lake Mead 40 years ago, man. Who knows what's going to come to the surface? All right. there In in the state of Nevada, there is no statute of limitations. On, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like it's probably a good thing. On murder? Yes. There probably shouldn't be a statute of limitations. I on don't murder. know. I mean, everybody has a bad day. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. Hey, thanks. That is not a compliment. Ah, I disagree. Bischoff's Briefs. Okay, well, that was just a list of complete nonsense, but you're not totally wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. Coming up in 10-ish minutes or so, we got Jerry Cantrell tickets to give away. Bischoff's Briefs today, though. Special Bischoff's Briefs. I've got a story for you. Did you just mispronounce your own last name? Might have. On Saturday, I proposed a brandy. Oh! Oh, hey! You waited till Wednesday to tell us? And she said no. Well, I wanted to do it while... That's why you waited till Wednesday to tell us. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to do it while... She said, let's just complicate it. Slow down here. I wanted to wait till like we were all here. Awesome. That's amazing, man. You left. Congratulations. So she did say yes. Wow. That is awesome. Um, Now, how many of the TVs were on at the time? (laughs) 
how many of the tablets and TVs were on at the time? Was uh, it during a half? Was it during? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> important note: I'm getting my TVs mounted, so I have three on the wall tomorrow. <laughs> that was the exchange. So yeah. tomorrow, I'm getting my three TVs mounted. It'll be a great day tomorrow. It'll be better than Saturday. Um, no, there was. We, it was Saturday night. There was really nothing, nothing on at the time. There were no. Playoff games on Saturday. The NHL playoffs <laughs> hadn't started yet. The Astros played earlier in the day. You scheduled all this around this. Uh, I mean, it was her birthday. It was supposed it just, to be a light game, happened, but he didn't get to go. Just happened conveniently. They were playing, but on the road. Um, it was just a con- very convenient time. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you how uh, how it happened here. Saturday, we went to uh, karaoke with her family and like some friends. And it was not like karaoke bar. It's a place where like your party goes in a room oh, where like, it's just uh, your party, Korean right, karaoke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was just 20 of us, 15 of us. You knew everybody. Our, yeah, exactly. So like we did karaoke for a few hours. And then at the end, the way I proposed is it was her birthday. And I told her, I'm going to have you play a game for a birthday present. So what I what we did is I had her play like fake deal or no deal. Is this in front of everybody? Yeah, this is in front of all everybody that's there deal or no deal where i had like 15 little boxes and on each one there was a number on the outside and on the inside i had like typed out or written in there what the present was okay so there were 15 birthday presents she could win like deal or no deal some of them were crappy right like a date at mcdonald's or like a walk in the park right some of them were good like a day trip to disneyland or some like 600 dollar jacket she wants or whatever or a picture of timothy chalamet yeah, she probably should have put that on there. <laughs> but so basically, add 15 boxes, and then we played deal or no deal, right? She picked a box, that was her box, and then she slowly eliminated them. I had like fake banker offers or whatever, so she could yes, do deal yes. or no deal, deal or no deal, or whatever. And I made sure all the banker offers were terrible, so she wouldn't accept them and would keep playing. And then when we got down to the last two boxes, normally in deal or no deal, they let you switch, right? Yes. You can switch yes. boxes. What I did was she got down to the last two, and by the way, her last two were. Uh, ice cream or walking in the park. So she eliminated all the yeah, good ones. Yeah, no, the only crappy ones were left for. But when we got down to the last two, I said, okay, you can have one of these or you can have the mystery box. And I pulled out a mystery box and she said, I'll take the mystery box. And inside it just said, will you marry me? And Wow. Yeah. So That good. is absolutely awesome. Ah! How long did you think of that? Uh, that game? Yeah, like how to do that, you know, to do it that way. So I stole the idea from TikTok, but added a proposal. So I saw a TikTok a little while ago where a guy just basically had his girlfriend play deal or no deal with these boxes and to figure out what her birthday present was. Okay. Right. And so I was like, oh, that was fun. I, I want to do that to Brandy because I like making her play games and putting the spotlight on her because she kind of hates that stuff. (laughs) And then I was like... (laughs) And then I was like, you know what? This would actually be a fun way to actually propose to her. So I added the whole mystery box with the will you marry me in it at the Man, end. Man, that so, is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What did, what did the family do? Cry? Scream? Uh, Brandy's clap. mom was recording it and dropped her phone <laughs> when oh, she, she realized. Oh, she didn't know? No, nobody. The only person that knew was my dad because he told us. He had he, to buy the boxes? No, because he was... <laughs> He was not going to come to karaoke because oh, it was okay. like it later at night. And he was like, I'm just that's way past his bedtime. So I was like, all right, I'm going to tell you this. Don't tell anybody. But 
you should come because I'm going to propose. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he was the only one that knew. Nobody else knew. Brandy's mom started recording it, and she dropped her phone when she realized I was proposing, which was funny. Did you get down on one knee? Yeah, I did. Oh, I did. nice. Yeah, because she the box just said, "Will you marry me?" and I had the ring in a pocket and pulled it out when she read it. And wow, yeah, that's great. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, you've obviously, I've met Brandy, you've obviously overachieved in an extensive amount. Oh, yeah, no, dude, dude, totally <laughs> outkicked his no coverage. You were Matt Ariza, <laughs> outkicking the coverage by like 90 yards, but um, no, that is awesome. That is a cool way to do it, man. That is yeah. awesome. So, And it wasn't stupid at, at, a, uh, at a sporting event. Well, I was never going to do that to her. She would have hated it. If I did that, it would have been a joke to her, which would have been funny. God, but, that's yeah. a much more, ex- I was cliche. You just popped all four tires and no, I brought her to uh, Maui when San Diego State. I was covering San Diego State football played Hawaii. Oh, it yeah. wasn't in Maui. I'm sorry, it was a big island. Obviously, and we stayed there and it was at a waterfall. Hiked into the waterfall and did oh, it there. That's no, that's beautiful. Eh, that's a... I, I'm sure a lot of people have thought of that. It was not, but not as good as the boxes. <laughs> and, you know, like a, nice surroundings and everything. But yeah, that is nice. Yeah, that is really cool. I mean, they, my girlfriend and her mother both said that they thought I was going to propose like on a vacation trip somewhere, but right. we haven't really gone anywhere for two years. You went to Petco Park. We you, did. That's, you, that's when I uh, got the ring. Really? Really? Yeah, there? In, yeah, in September. Yeah, we got it from a place in San Diego. So she'd seen the ring. She did. She, she picked out the ring. Yes. Okay. All right. So she was, she was aware the ring existed. Okay, but was not aware that a proposal was coming. Wow! Yeah, actually, that's a the the pro move is to have them pick out the ring. That's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very she's very particular, perfectionist about what she wants. What she likes. She didn't want like a center gemstone or whatever. So there's no like prominent with center gemstone on her ring. Well, which is also cheaper. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those center oh, ones. Oh, darn center, it. Those center ones can cost <laughs> yeah. you. I know well. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, those those are fun. That is Saturday. very cool. Yeah. And so, her. have you thought about how long it'll be? Until we get married. So, you're not doing it. You're not playing a Cassie Soto and doing it in the oh, middle of no, football season. Oh, no. I know. I'm no. hoping. I hoping I I was hoping <laughs> he would literally just be like Cassie, whatever date Cassie Soto chooses, we will be programming against. <laughs> Counter-programming. Just literally invite all the media people and be like, but ours will be fun. Yes. Uh, no, I mean, it's... I've told her that I would prefer a, uh, a wedding in the summer because there's less sports going on, but she's like, well, we can't get married in Las Vegas if we're getting married in the summer. She's like, even that's if we do an indoor true. wedding, that's we're going to have things that happen outside. So... Yeah. We'll see. Maybe spring if it's in Las Vegas. Maybe outside of Las Vegas if it's in the summer. Okay. But, yeah. We'll What'd see. your mom say? My mother did not care. Least least caring person that I told. Hands down. Are just, you serious? That, that's nice. Like, uh, my goat is pregnant. Pretty much. That's almost exact. She was outside. <laughs> my bees are oh, not yeah. oh. My bees are not performing well. We FaceTime her. She was outside, like, sweating. I don't even know what animal she was tending to. And I told her, and she's like, oh, that's nice. Congratulations. And then that was kind and of that the was end it? of the conversation. Yeah. Jeez. And then she had, I don't know, baby pigs she had to go take care of. Who knows? So, yeah. But she Brandy's was, parents were very happy. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Very Does happy. she have siblings? 
Yeah, two brothers. They whatever. They they're brothers. Yeah, so they're, did, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 yeah, they're, they'll say something real tough at the uh, reception. Were they there? Yeah, they were there. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. After a decade, you better not hurt her. <laughs> nah, they don't even care about that. No, I don't care. Irrelevant. So yeah. Well, this was a much better Bischoff's Priest than if we yeah. had broken down the Champions League at noon or whatever. We're oh, that's to tomorrow. Watch. That's tomorrow's Bischoff's Priest. <laughs> Stay tuned. Champions League breakdown coming uh, tomorrow. Man, I'm. First time in my life that I'm glad Danny's taking my shift. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Now it's time to win Jerry Cantrell tickets. <laughs> if you're still with us. We've got two tickets to go see Jerry Cantrell of Allison Chains. He'll be at uh, May 7th. He's here in Las Vegas. That's this weekend. That's Saturday. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You could buy tickets right now at Ticketmaster or win a pair from us instead 702-364-1100 if you want to go see jerry cantrell we'll take caller number 10 at 702-364-1100 you're locked in the press box congratulations to reed he won a pair of tickets to go see jerry cantrell now we're going to hear from chelsea gray caught up with chelsea gray at aces media day earlier in the week here's chelsea how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, are you tired of answering questions about how different it is between Bill Lambier and Becky Hammond yet? <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet? yet? No. Okay. So what, what is the biggest difference for you? Um, the language and the style of play that they, you know, that they try to teach is totally different. Um, Bill had some things that were more like back to the basket. You know, you saw a post player in the lane a lot of the time. And for us, everything is a lot more fluid. Like people can be in different positions at any time. And I think that makes it so hard to scout. Um, and, you know, at one play, you can have Asia Wilson in the post, and then there's another play where Jackie or myself is in the post. So everything is changing, and you just love that part of it. Kelsey said earlier that she didn't like the idea of sort of pigeonholing either you or herself as a one because it'll be more interchangeable this year. So what... How is playing with Kelsey? How is it playing it if there's multiple ball handlers out there? I think, it make, like I said, it makes it harder to scout because you can have Kelsey bringing the ball up in the next possession. It's the same play, but they think it's different because I'm bringing the ball up. So I think there's more versatility and more fluidity without our throughout our offense. And um, it's also a lot of it is about reads and playing with each other and playing the game the right way. You see two, you give it up. And I think that's what makes it so fun to compete with each other as well. On the defensive end, last couple of years, Aces were really good defensively, but a lot of that was rim protection with Asia and Liz both down there. Obviously, with a little bit smaller of a team or just Asia down there, that might change a little bit. So how does this team sort of stay at that level of one of I the best I think now it's become a little bit more scrappiness in playing a team defense and not relying on the block shots as much. I mean, we're still getting block shots. You have guards that's able to get them. De'Erica Hamby will be down there more. Kia Stokes when she comes back. So I think there's different moments and different ways to get the job done. There's there's more ways to skin a cat, right? And I think that is what we're going to have to find out this year. We're going to have to, you're going to see guards with more rebounding um, numbers and we're all, it's going to be done by committee a little bit more. This is a team that was pretty close last year, you know, to being a championship team. What is it what do you think it's going to take to get over the hump and actually to finish the um, Sometimes it's just about the journey in which you get there. You never trust Phoenix in the playoffs, right? Um, but I think it's like having each other's back and doing the each other each and every time. And that's offensively, defensively, and at any moment. And um, that's what we've been able to fill this year so far with camp. 
who's most excited about there being more freedom to shoot three-pointers this year? <laughs> Kelsey, plot me hands down. <laughs> Thanks, Chelsea. Thank you, guys. Appreciate nice it. Kelsey Plum has got to be the happiest person with the coaching change. Yeah, I think that was yeah. you, and then I think I heard a soft uh, whisper of Mike Gramala. <laughs> yes, Gramala was in there. Asked a question, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, Mike Gramala existed for two seconds there. But there's Chelsea Gray. Aces kick off their season starting on Friday. They're at Phoenix? Uh, on the road, I do not know against who. Uh, but they, they're home on Mother's Day. Yes, they yeah. play home on uh, Sunday. Uh, we will air those right here on ESPN Las Vegas if you want to tune in. Uh, to wrap up the show, want to read some answers to our first bite from Twitter. Uh, beginning of the show, we asked, do you believe DeBoer, McCrimmon, McPhee, any of them, could still get fired? Uh, Michael Perkins said, only if they deem a good, only if they deem a good coach becomes available, they'll hire him and fire Pete DeBoer. You think that could happen? Tortorella! They keep Pete DeBoer around until a better coach becomes available? John Tortorella is available! I think his fate is decided this week. I, I can't believe going to the offseason to say, well, we had this big meeting and we're going to still decide. I, I just don't think they're going to do that. It would be interesting if they plan to keep him unless somebody better got fired yeah. and they were like, all right, let's go hire that guy instead. Uh, Cody said DeBoer really seems to be fighting. So yes, I can definitely see it. Did you get the sense that DeBoer was fighting for his job yesterday? Uh, I'm not so sure fighting. He had a few quotes in there about it's not, you know, it's just not uh, plausible to make major changes when all these injuries happen. We never knew the strength and the weaknesses of, of the team. I don't think we ever were. We, we could. He also said, though, a lot of times he said, we will, we're going to. He he said that a lot. Yeah. To where That's when I assumed he was pretty confident the that he was coming back. He, he, back. He, he, yeah. he said that. That, you know, we're going to do this. We have to do this better. We will do this better. When someone's saying that, it seems like they're pretty confident they're coming back. David said, I think they're convinced they had a cup contender that suffered too many injuries. So everyone stays in the front office and at coach. But if they're healthy and still losing, coach goes first, then general manager early next season, short rope. That one makes the most sense to me. They're all back. That's they, what you said earlier in the show. Yeah. You think they're all back. They're I think all back. We think, I think we both think they're all back. Yeah, they're all back. They start the year, you know, three and nine. Yeah, then Pete DeBoer might be fired. Yeah. Then we get there. John Tortorella. <laughs> uh, Vico said at the end of the day, no. They view themselves in a similar situation as the Islanders, but they need someone to fix the special teams. Which that, Well, we haven't talked a lot about what is he going to do with his staff. And I asked him that yesterday. I said, who evaluates your staff? And... I think I got the idea that he evaluates, but then in the end, you know, without saying anything, he, he looked up and he said, I love my staff. So <laughs> I don't really know what that means. I mean, now, no, we, I'll stay. And that well, means you I want to keep them, but well, I might have to that get rid might of them be part of the conversation. Job. Yeah, that might be part <laughs> of the conversation. I might have to send someone to Canada <laughs> to do their job remotely. Uh, and Steven said, VGK's MO is to go out and get the shiny new player, but they can't do that easily next season due to the cap. That's what we thought when they got Jack Eichel this year. The easiest way to stick to the MO is behind the bench if the right coach becomes available. Otherwise, you will alienate a lot of the fan base if the wrong hire is made. So is there a shiny coach to go get? John Tortorella. See, I, look, I think Pete DeBoer's a really good coach. He's. A, he, I've said that from the beginning. That I, don't, I think he should be the coach of the team. So 
I don't know about shiny, shiny coaches. And here's the thing. If you're a really shiny coach and you're good, I don't know if you're getting fired. Right. I, so, I mean, who's going to be available that's really good and shiny? I would say two things to Pete DeBoer's credit. I think what happened this season, he deserves much less blame for than anybody else. And he probably had to handle it more than anybody else. They didn't make the yeah, playoffs. He had to go talk about it all the right. time. So I wouldn't say he handled it well. And yesterday, I wasn't there. But based on what I've heard from the press conferences and some of the quotes, he seemed to handle himself a lot better than Kelly McCrimmon did. Absolutely true.